This is a song for my friends Jared and Gary. They started a podcast and said a theme was necessary. They're just a couple of guys in a band that you know. Some rock star dads who started a show. So here's the next episode. Welcome to the Rockstar Dad Show right here on Adobe Radio and wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, me, Jarrett, and Gary is over there. Sitting, yeah. Sitting in the same place as we have been since mid-March. Well, I've gotten up and moved around a little bit, but, uh, you know, for each of these podcasts, we've been apart. Good point. Yeah. Um, how are things, man? I mean, you know, it's it's weird to... I mean, I feel like I'm in Groundhog Day. A bit, you know, um, not much is changing. You know, the only thing that's changing is that like, uh, some people are getting tested and then they're quarantining and it just, you know, it's, it's just a weird, weird time. Well, you know, on, on the last show, I think we're, whenever we were talking to Marco, I mentioned that, uh, I had recently given blood and I wasn't given blood for the COVID test, but, or not the test, but the antibody test. Um, actually when I was giving blood, they told us that they were going to do the antibody test. And I was like, okay, that's cool. I'm, I'm kind of just interested to see. And it turns out I don't have any antibodies. Oh, at all. No. Good. So, so I keep on hanging out at the house, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You've, uh, you've had it. You haven't had it. Uh, you haven't had it in no. the last four weeks or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's just it. You know, we're, um, we're, we're in Texas, those of you guys who don't know, and obviously the, the big state that was getting their ass kicked was New York, and then it became Florida. Well, now it's Texas, and we're just kind of, like, confused about what to do, you know? I mean, it's like, okay, I mean, I, I think everybody is sort of, like, t- dipping their toe in going, you know, do, okay, do we just lock ourselves back up again now? Like, what's the, what's the plan? You know, but I mean, for you guys, you, Anik is a nurse. She goes to work. You're a realtor. You have to go to work. Yeah. I mean, I think it just boils it. We, we talk, you and I talk about this in so many different aspects, whether it's parenting or, or whatever, but I mean, we're, we're just making the best choices we can, right? I mean, we're, we're limiting whatever access or whatever exposure we, we have to have to what it, what it has to be. You know, we're, we're not going to restaurants and we're not, going out to the mall and we're not going and doing fun, you know, like Anik's got to go to work and I've got to go look at houses with, with some people. And other than that, I mean, we go pick up some groceries and that's about it. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it's kind of groundhog day ish, like you said. Yeah. I mean, we're the same things. A lot of, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I don't know what we would do without, you know, delivery this and delivery that and delivery with the wiffle ball bat. You know, and um, but, you know, we are doing other things. I mean, we I just signed him up for baseball, you know, so we're carrying on. He goes to karate now once a week uh, there and then he does two days at home. Um, you know, so, so before before things kind of started picking back up and, you know, like r- right after we, we had been locked down for weeks and weeks and weeks and, and it's got started getting to the point where people are like, OK, we're going to venture out some and. And I told you that um, Tyler and I went to Top Golf one one night. Yeah, we had, there's barricades up in between each bay. There's like four other people there. It was a it was a Thursday night or something. It wasn't a busy time. 
And uh, I told you that we had, we had talked on the way up there about, is it okay to get back out and everything? But one thing I didn't talk about that is a good dad topic was once we got there, I'm watching him hit and I'm, I'm, my initial reaction is I want to be in dad mode and I want to go, Hey, if you hold the club a little bit here and if you swing your hips this way, and if, you know, I want to coach him some Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I really needed to step back and go, Hey, he needs to just have fun right now. Ah. And if, if he can, if he has fun and if he is interested in it, maybe down the line, he's going to want pointers, but really right now, this kid just needs to have some fun. He's been pent up in the house. Yeah. So, um, I know that you, your kids are all in sports. How is that for you whenever you're throwing the ball in the yard or whatever? Is it fun time or are you, are you helping them out and pointing, giving them pointers? I'm having a hard time just with all of that of, uh, and we've, we've been talking about this, you know, quite a bit. I just feel like everything is on like the, the trigger switch. Like I'm quicker to correct and I'm quicker to be frustrated and I'm quicker you know I just feel like everything you know the barrier to be able to to you know not get frustrated but you know I have a friend who uh you know I talk to about who talks to me about life you know a few of them you know and uh he was saying you know he had just like gotten way too upset about his son spilling some water, you know, and he was like, I've just, I've this guilt and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know, and that's cool. And I said, but you know, you can have a conversation with him about that and say, listen, my patience is a little bit short right now because of these things that are going on in the world. But what I was trying to get him to do was give himself a break, you know, like, hey man, you know, and I realize this is off topic from what you're saying, but I just think we're all like, I think that's an awesome parenting a moment for you right there where you were able to catch it and go because dads we want our kids to be tiger woods you know and you know for for lack of a better person or whatever you know but you know he obviously his skills uh, you know i mean we want him we want them to be you know uh lebron james and tom brady and and just great at everything they do you know we we that's what we want for them Sometimes I feel like dads and moms cross the line and it becomes less about wanting it for the child than wanting it for themselves. Um, and so good for you for just letting him. And you know what? You're just good at that anyway, though. I mean, I, I say this all the time, but I'll, I'll give you, like, you're the dad that will fucking stay at main event until they close. Like, there's no <laughs> dads that do that. Like, I, I'm fucking two hours in that place. And uh, if you don't know what main event is, it's just whatever bowling alley place you have in your in your bigger city that has like games. Arcade, so it's, laser tag, all that stuff. It's like Dave and Buster's with a bowling alley kind of thing, but laser tag, and it's more marketed towards kids. They, you know, um, but Gary will take his kid there, and they do the all you can play for nine hours, and they maximize the nine hours. You know, you'll even like play pool and shit. I have a pool table at home. I don't even play, you know, <laughs> I really wish we were going to main event right now. But, uh, <laughs> you, know, you brought up a couple of really great points right there. And, and one of them's patience. I mean, it, on, on the bowling for soup bus, everyone, I think, says that I'm pretty patient. I'm a pretty patient person for sure. And, 
And in this day and age right now, living at home and we're all cramped up. I mean, my, my patience is, is running thin. And one of the one of the problems that we bring on ourselves is, you know, we we probably let the kids stay up too late. We don't get them in bed and then have like the nighttime of just adults like they stay up way too late. And I'm definitely catching myself not being patient. And it, I, I see myself just being a cranky old man sometimes where, you know, it, it's wild and they're loud. And, and I get to the point where I'm just like, no more yelling. Everyone has to stop yelling, you know, and, yeah. and that's typically not me. Normally I'd be running around the house chasing them also. Yeah. But uh, you know, it, it, it is a patience issue right now. But another thing you hit on was that we all want something for our kids. We all want them to be great at this. We all want them to, to this or that. And um, I talked to Anika about this a lot. There's things that she wants Tyler to do. And I don't mean like pick up the room or, or, you know, do chores. I mean, like she, her, her dad got, or her, her parents got Tyler a bike a while back. And like the first time he was trying to ride it, he fell and skinned his knee and he just has lost interest in riding this bike. Right. Yeah. yeah. And every now and then I go, Hey man, you want to go work on learning on riding this bike? And she and I both feel guilty that we didn't get him the, the pedalist thing when he was younger. Cause that's how kids are learning to ride bikes these days. So now here he is nine years old and he, he doesn't really know how to ride a bike. And so every now and then we ask, hey, you want to go work on learning to ride the bike? And he doesn't want to. And Anik keeps on wanting me to go make him learn. But my mindset right. is that's one of those things. He's old enough now that if he doesn't want to learn, yep. it's just going to be a painful uh, situation for everybody. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, we actually went through the bike thing. And, um, you know, I have two older kids, obviously, from a previous life. And uh, so, and then, and Casey and I have Everett. And so, Everett did the same thing. He got a bike. And uh, it's much like a lot of things that he also, this exact same thing happened with his electric scooter, which he will eventually pick up and master. But, you know, he, he had the accident on the thing. He skinned his knee and he didn't want any part of it. And so, then he was fine just being on training wheels. And uh, so one kid in the neighborhood learned to ride, and another kid learned to ride, and, and Casey was like, you've got to get out there with him and help him learn to ride. You know, you, you helped the other two, and I'm like, well, I kind of didn't. The other two just rode their bikes with training wheels, and then it was just like the, when I taught Everett to swim. All I did was go, you know what? There's no air in that floaty. I think you can swim. And I just took the fucking thing off, and he swam, you know? I mean, uh, there to be, uh, you know, and that happened at your your mom's house, you know, like it, it was. It, it, I'm not giving myself, you know, I did help the kid or whatever, but what I'm saying is, you know, Jack used the training wheels literally as they were supposed to happen, where like they started bending upwards, and he learned to keep the thing in the middle. And finally, I was just like, dude, you're riding a bike, and I took him off, and that was it. So, um, just one day. Everett is just out in the circle and uh, it's, you know, where we're able to go out and, and play and things. And he, uh, thank you, baby. He, um, he got out there and the other kids are riding their bikes and the training wheels on his, his, oh, his new bike didn't have training wheels, I guess is what the deal was. And uh, he just fucking learned how to do it. You know, like he literally got out there by himself and just like tried and then he would fall and he'd cry and it'd be like, and, and he doesn't cry. 
you know, more of like a frustrated, you know, whimper. Yeah. And then, and then he would just like put it away for a minute. Then he'd go try again, but he would literally be like out in the cul-de-sac by himself. And you would just see the determination on his face. And like, I could see the mistakes that he was making because he was basically like he, you know, the big one was when he would start to push the pedals, he would look at his feet and so he wouldn't be looking forward. So he would turn the wheel and he would get himself all crossed up and yeah. then he would fall. And so, you know, with a little bit of instruction, kid just got up and rode a bike, you know? And so, you know, I think some things you, you know, I, I, I think, from a Nick standpoint, though, and this is where Casey was coming from, she just didn't want him to be the only kid that couldn't ride a bike, you know, at a certain age, yeah. you know? Yeah, 100%. And I get that. And, I, you know, I, I, I get that and I feel for that and I want him to ride a bike, you know? But um, I, I think there's, you know, if it's a four-year-old, a five-year-old, like, you can go teach him to ride a bike. There gets to be an age where they they really need the desire. They need to want to do it to learn it. Yeah, well, even and those four- that, and five-year-olds, you could talk them into desire. I see what you're saying. Because you can be like, dude, it's like a dog. You know, you want to go, Papa? You want to go outside? Want to go outside? You can be like, hey, want to go ride yeah. a bike? Let's go ride a fucking bike. You know, and they'll be excited about it. And they'll... 100%. Yeah, and, and that's just it. It's just... um. Yeah, I mean, look, I think in his own time, he'll learn. I was a late bike rider. I think I've told this story... Uh, on the show but i mean like we were like like literally it was just like uh stranger things and that like brett thompson would ride up the street and i would ride out my driveway and meet him and then tommy haywood would and van dotson would come mark rosentretter we would just you know we'd all go down the street and then mac norris would be the last one and we you know head head off to school well kindergarten and first grade i was still on training wheels you know, and these dudes are like doing jumps. And uh, so, yeah, man, I mean, you know, it's just and I was embarrassed about it. But at the same time, you know, they didn't really make fun of me or anything. It was just the way that it was. You know, I just didn't know how to do it. Um, But yeah, man, I, I think you're right. I think eventually he'll do it. You know, does he and, you know, the other thing that really sucks about and this is what I was just about to get into this is that even our time to be outdoors and such with our kids is so limited right now because it's i mean we're, we're having to walk our dogs for them to go to the bathroom because there's people doing work in our backyard it was 97 degrees this morning at like 9 45 a.m like it is yeah, so I mean, that, hot that, that's a great that's a great point from like from like february to may yeah we were out Side all the time. We were eating pat uh, eating dinner on our patio almost every night. You know, Tyler and I are throwing the ball. We're taking the dog for walks. Like now, if we're outside, it's because we're gonna get the mail and come back in. Yeah. Or we're gonna go jump in a swimming pool. That's all you do outside. Yeah. That's it's too it. hot. It's a ghost town here, man. There's no kids outside. It's like you know, there's uh, there there was a you know there was a time when we were all going out in the cul de sac in the morning. You know, the kids um that we could play with. There's other kids or whatever. We would social distance as parents. Everybody sat in a circle, you know, blah, 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 uh, in the spring. But man, it's, we're not even doing that now. Now, if we don't get an invite to a swimming pool, we're, we're in our house, you know, it's just, you know, it's crazy. I took him, we just got Pokemon go. Uh, and cause you know, he's just now of the age, excuse me, 
Well, I was going to be mean and say like, welcome to 2018, but yeah. I understand like your son's just not getting to be. He's fucking seven, Gary. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, yes. But you know, yes, we are very late to the party and, uh, and I'm trying to lose some weight. And so, you know, we went on a walk the other night and it was like right after it rained and my God, it was so muggy and hot and just bugs everywhere from the rain. And it was just miserable. And I, I mean, like, even he was trying to be excited when he would get stuff, but he would just like, what's with the bugs? And like, it was just terrible. And so I was just like, man, we're going to have to start getting up at like eight o'clock in the morning if we're going to do this, you know, yeah. or like, cause even really like right before, cause he goes to bed at eight, you know, and it's like, even at eight o'clock, it's still 95 degrees here. Fucking yeah. ridiculous. Tyler and I went to throw the baseball in the backyard a couple of days ago and it was eight 30 at night. And literally, we probably threw the ball back and forth 10 times. And he was like, I think I'm done. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, cool. Me <laughs> Just, too. Totally Let's go get, get a cold right? drink. You know, which, uh, you know, again, that's we're getting into this whole limiting screens thing. And uh, it makes it hard. Like last night, we just we both got on on the Internet and just started ordering shit that we could get for him to do puzzles. Yeah. Things like that. Hey, we got to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about some other stuff. And uh, coming up later in the show, Cody Canada from, uh, man, I mean, from, you know, from uh, Cross Canadian Ragweed, is when we met them, had, had some really fun nights with those dudes back in the day. And uh, then he was in The Departed, and I believe he still is at some times. I don't know how all that works. They're, they're so incestuous in country. <laughs> they all just fucking... They're all in bands together. It's like, uh, it's like pop punk now. Uh, all right, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Rockstar Dad Show right here on Adobe Radio and wherever you listen to podcasts. Guys, give us a five-star review wherever you listen, and why not say something nice about us? Everybody else who listens to us is, because the reviews are in, we're awesome. Yeah, they're all five stars, but we still need more. We still need more. Yeah, we're, uh, we're trying to build this show here so we can get... Um, well, I mean, we already get such awesome guests and like, you know, like we're just the two. We want to make our parents proud. And the only way we can do that is with five star reviews. That's right. You know, the other day I, I, uh, I was on the Instagrams. You know about this? Insta, Insta, Insta what? It's Instapot. No, no, no. Not the Insta, Instagrams. Okay. Instagram. Tell me about it. Uh, anyway, you post these pictures and then uh, people comment on them and you can hashtag and people can hashtag you and. Now, hashtag is the number sign. It's like tic-tac-toe with no X's and O's. Okay, it's a pound sign. It's the pound sign. That's what I meant. Okay. Uh, Anyway, number sign. Is that right? Yeah, like number four. Yeah, but you see on a a rotary phone, it was called the pound sign. God, that thing has so many identities. What a fucking functional thing that somebody (laughs) came up with, right? Where they were just like, let's just do this deal where we draw four lines. It can be used as a game. It can point at things. We'll go ahead and stick it on a phone just yeah. for later because we may need it. And it can be referenceable once social media comes around. Exactly. Unbelievable. And somebody um, somebody said, <laughs> uh, had a picture of Pulling for Soup one time, and it was like in their comments on their own photo, but I like hashtag, follow the hashtag Pulling for Soup, and they just said, Silly band with big belly. (laughs) uh, Do you want me to tell you the rest of the story? Because it's pretty funny. 
Well, I was going to say that that one person's not very uh, gregarious, but they're also accurate. Well, here's what happened. So I go, I just made like a frowny face or whatever because I didn't understand the context of what it was. And so that's it. I just made the frowny face and I moved on with my life. I thought, because most of the time when I do that, people will go, holy shit, you responded. Man, I really just, I fucking love your songs. I'm just talking yeah. shit, you know, whatever. And so, <laughs> no, that's not what happened. Uh, the person responds back and just goes, I'm sorry if I offended you, but you need to watch your, you have an unhealthy, uh, you have an unhealthy regime or some shit. It was just grammatically terrible, basically telling me that my fucking, uh, my BMI or whatever is like too high or whatever. And I just wrote back like, you don't know me and my yeah. health. Like, you don't know shit about me. Like, I could have thyroid cancer right now and be this heavy because my fucking thyroid doesn't work or some shit, you know? You don't know shit. And uh, so, so I, that's what I wrote, Gary. And then I said, so I said, and, uh, and don't hashtag my shit to get people to watch your shitty shit, right? And so <laughs> then the person goes, uh, well, oh, now you're going to swear and blah, blah, blah. And just this rambling. I should just read it to you, but I'm not going to. Because the last time I pointed somebody out on the internet, they, man, they got fucking reamed. Anyway, so this person says this shit to me and just like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I just put, first of all, learn some fucking, why don't you work on your grammar and punctuation, you know, before you start insulting people or whatever. Then. Then this person has the gall to call me a bully. And I go, right. you tagged me in this. I just frowny faced. Yeah, and you're not like hunting this person down. Yeah. They called you. Yeah, I'm like, you specifically tagged my band. And then I, all I do is frowny face. And then you start giving me fucking health tips. You know, my favorite is, is they're like, now you're going to swear. Well, hello. Have you ever listened to any of my podcasts? <laughs> been to a show, met me in person? No like shit. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. Like the original name for, of our band was Bowling for Shit. Like that. We set precedence at the beginning of the whole thing. Oh, anyway, I'm sorry. I got off topic. Talk about me or something. Just, you know. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. So um, I picked up Mia from my mom's house the other day. And uh, whenever I pick her up, she's like, daddy, daddy, look. And she'd found this Easter basket with Easter eggs. It hadn't quite been put away yet, even though Easter is a couple months ago. Uh, but I'm like, okay, great. That's nice. And she's like, well, I want to take it home. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I don't really want her to take it home. Yeah. Because then it's going to be a whole thing on me. We're going to have a mess of Easter eggs all over the house. Yeah. I don't, messes our house is a mess anyways uh but then i'm gonna have to round all this stuff up and get it back to my mom's and so i was trying to talk her into just like ah, let's leave it here and we'll just go home it'll I, be a I, thing I, at grandma's right like yeah, it, it, i lost that battle so then i get her in the car and uh get her in her seat and i get her buckled up and she goes daddy hold the easter basket and i go no i'm gonna be driving and she goes no you need to hold it and i go look I didn't even want to bring this thing <laughs> you take it home. You're going to hold it. And that's how I talked to my almost three-year-old. Yeah, of course. Uh, anyways. So I say, you need to hold it. 
and I'm going to drive and that's how it's going to be. And she goes, well, then I'm not going to let you play with it when we get home. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's kind of my plan anyways, yeah, but right? she's trying to figure out like how to negotiate and how to, how to motivate me. She's trying to figure these things out, but she just missed. Dude, that is, I love this story because, uh, Jack and Emma fucking hunted Easter eggs year round. Like that was just what we, I mean, like they, it's the same thing. The Easter baskets with the plastic eggs made it up into the guest room, but not quite into the guest room closet where everything was stored and they found it. And it just became like this, you know, this one of the things that they did. And so you would just find random Easter eggs all the time. You know, the ones that they would forget about. Yeah. And uh, the uh, the other big game we've been playing recently is hide and seek. Okay, And I don't have the heart to just do the thing where I'm like, okay, you go hide. And like, I'm still going to watch Matlock on TV. Sure. Oh my God. Stop it. Stop (laughs) doing that. I'm not watching that. (laughs) Anyways, I don't have the heart to just like send them off and then not look. Yeah. But what I will do is like after two or three rounds of hiding in very easy spots for them to find me, then I'll go like, Hide in the garage next to the beer fridge. And just <laughs> yeah, phone out there. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, just having a beer out there, whatever. And then you forget what you're doing because you're working on your phone. Yeah. And they're like, "Found you!" What? Ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hide and seek's a big one right now, and um, with uh, with with the kiddos and they're, uh, you know, my child. I guess it's pretty retro because he's back into he's again he's only seven so like he missed Minecraft the first time so he's into Minecraft now he's in Nerf and uh but but like I said man we just we just said fuck it ordered a shitload of Legos so I'm going broke and <laughs> uh, but puzzles by the way are available again on Amazon get them you can you can get puzzles again so. well with the shitload of Legos how are your feet doing fine because uh I am pretty good about i don't like things on the floor so Mm -hmm. i just don't like it it and and i think it stems from growing up in a house with three toy poodles that just pissed and shit everywhere um but i am very weird about just shit on the floor so if i see a lego it goes up on the table if i see a lego and he's over there i'm like hey if you're not playing with that that needs to go up on the table so I really have not stepped on any in quite some time. Uh, I will tell you this, though. Uh, the My wife is a hairdresser, and all of her stuff is at home, and she's been just doing shit in our bathroom, and, like, they're, you know, all this. There is no pain, like, stepping on one of those uh, spider clips things that they do oh, with yeah. their hair. There, that takes a Lego, and it, it's, like, times 48, because it covers more ground. And you don't know what to do, like, because when you step on the Lego, like, your foot goes all the way down on it, but, like, the clip is big enough to where, for some reason, your foot knows, I shouldn't put all my weight on this, what am I going to do? And so your other foot is in the middle of trying to either come forward or stay back, and it, and it's, this, this is how old people fall. You yeah, know? you're, you're kind of already too committed to the step, but you know it's there before the step is finished. I've yeah. been there. Yeah, and you don't know what to do. Anik wears those things um, to go to sleep, and and it also hurts whenever it's in the middle of the night and you roll over on top of 
because those will come out of the hair in the sleep, and then you're like, God, yeah, no, I bet that thing poking in the ribs, man. Yeah, oh, son of a bitch. All right, uh, we got to take a break. Coming up, oh man, I'm excited to talk to Cody Canada. Lots going on in his life, uh, and um, you know, and and lots of music coming out of there. So, uh, y'all hang out. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Rockstar Dad Show right here on Adobe Radio and wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, joining us now, an old friend um, who we first saw perform in Atlanta, Georgia uh, at Smith's Old Bar and absolutely knocked our socks off. And uh, we would later be able to hang out at several shows in Lubbock, Texas and around, you know, kind of around the world, actually. Cody Mm -hmm. Canada. How you doing, man? Good, my friends. How are y'all? Doing fantastic. Um, you know, many people obviously know you from Cross Canadian Ragweed and The Departed and uh, just your solo stuff. I mean, man, you've been doing this a really long time and uh, great successes with all everything you do, man. You know, you're one of the blessed ones. <laughs> well, I will, <clears throat> I will not agree with you there. It has been a, a good journey and I hope it doesn't end anytime soon. I've, uh, I started doing this when I was probably 13. Uh, started sneaking into places to play. And um, then I befriended some DJs and they got me into bars and got, you know, and stuff like that when I was, I was really underage. But uh, I think I, I got all the hard work out of the way before I was even 20 years old. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one of the things, obviously, we've been trying to get you on the show for a bit, but we've had conflict because of exactly what we talk about here, and that is being a dad, and uh, you are certainly a great one of those. Um, we were just talking right before we went on air about how you guys are late sleepers, and uh, tell us a little bit about that, about your record, your record sleep-in. <laughs> <laughs> well, my my personal record is 22 hours. <laughs> yeah. That is impressive. Very well, impressive. I mean, that was definitely uh, chemically induced by some. Sure. Either <laughs> a, a, you know, a 12 pack of beer or something else, but uh, nothing illegal. And, um, but I, my kids around here, it was on Father's Day. They are the, the night before Father's Day. They said, What are we doing? I said, Well, I'm going to sit on the back porch and have a couple of beers. And then tomorrow, I'm not, I mean, tonight, I'm not even going to tell you what time to go to bed. And, you know, they stay up playing games. Uh, 14 and 12, two boys. And uh, the next day, I woke up at 5.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> and, uh, went to get them up, and they were still, they were still out. Man. And my wife, too. But every now and then, we have to do that. If it wasn't for, you know, st- we have a school of rock, so start things are starting to open back up slightly for us. And uh, so, you know, we get up around, oh, I don't know, noon. Yeah, but you guys are you you uh you stay up late and uh, now you're saying you have a school of rock, so you guys actually have like run one down there in uh, New Braunfels. Yep, yeah, about two years now. Uh, we tried for at least at least two years to talk them into uh, letting us open one, and uh, they sent a dude down who no longer works there, so I can talk about him. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he came. He came down. And uh, looked around and said, you know, I really don't think New Braunfels is right for this. It's not a very musical town. Oh, my like, God. Well, let, me take you, let, me, let me take you on a just – it'll take me 10 minutes to drive you around and show you how musical we are. And, you know, with – it's not all rock and roll, but, you know, we have George Strait's people living here and 
and uh, Randy Rogers and Wade Bowen. And then some of the Blue October dudes are over in uh, San Marcos, which is five minutes away from my house. And, yep. and then corporate, the corporate folks um, started paying attention and they gave us the green light. And it's been an absolute blast. I was very nervous at first uh, for, you know, to teach the kids. I, I didn't want to teach them wrong because I didn't really have any formal lessons. You know, I just kind of picked it up and ran with it. And uh, but they let us do our thing and they had told us, I'll never forget this. Is if we if we were in this school of rock business for the rest of our lives. I remember this lady named Stacy. Uh, we went to a meeting in L.A. and she said, there are people here that are here to make money. Mm-hmm. And she looked right at my wife and said, and there are people here that want to change lives and save kids. Mm. And looked right at my wife and I was like, OK, I'm in. I'm yeah. completely in. This person understands why, why we're doing it. You know, I, if I was going to quit playing music and wholeheartedly jump into School of Rock, I would do it. Yeah. But I enjoy playing music and that is the main income. Mm-hmm. And school really is just to help kids out because you know i was i had one person that i played music with in high school and i'm still in a band with him to this day wow yeah and and that's you know the, again that's we all grew up together as well i mean gosh this is this could go so many directions but i i, I want to step back to your kids because i was really lucky uh that uh one of your biggest fans is a good friend of mine and she got uh one of your online concerts that you're doing right now during covid and uh, I actually got to see one of your kids come in and play a song with you, which just has to be the coolest feeling. So what we like to do is on the show, have you introduce us to your kids. So just tell us a little bit about, about both your boys and uh, about them and their relationship to music. Well, I wish I could get them up and show, show them off to you right now, but it would take me probably <laughs> hours to get them out of bed. And there would be probably my feelings would get hurt. <laughs> Uh, Willie is 12, and I named him after Willie Braun from uh, Reckless Kelly. Uh, the Braun boys have been allies and brothers to me and mine for about 22 years now. Um, Willie, is he was born in April 2008, and um, he took a liking to bass. Mm. And I went and bought him a bass. and. I'm not exaggerating. By the time we got home, he had already talked himself out of the base. <laughs> he wanted to play drums. Like I just spent like a grand on <laughs> whatever. I mean, it's okay. Whatever. I don't know I, I, how I I made myself feel better about it. I was like, you know, there's not a base in my house, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, so he picked up on the drums, which is really cool because um, his namesake Willie Braun the lead singer from Reckless Kelly, he started off as a drummer and he's a fantastic drummer still. And he's, you know, Willie had told me and my, my boy Willie has a really good voice. And, and I told him, I said, you need to sing. He goes, daddy, there's no such thing as a singing drummer. It's like, okay, well, hang on. Let's go. <laughs> First of all, let's talk Levon Helm and then we'll go to everybody else. Yeah. And so I showed him some Levon Helm stuff. And then uh, I did a Willie Nelson birthday party. And uh, we we just sang all these Willie songs, and uh, Bruce Robinson filmed it. And I sat right next to the to the band, and I filmed Willie Braun singing "Moving," uh, still still moving as he was playing the drums, and the band's rocking around him. And uh, that was it for 
from Willie Kennedy. He's like, okay, I get it. So he sings a little bit still. His voice is starting to change, so I'm sure he'll shy away. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's funny how many drummers end up being frontmen. You know, you've got uh, Steven Tyler and uh, Don Henley and Jarrett mm-hmm. Reddick. And um, <laughs> you want to talk about singing drummers? You got to talk about the guy from Jellyfish. I mean, he's the best ever, right? Sure. And Night Ranger, remember Night Ranger? Oh man, yeah. That they, they, Night Ranger was a back in those days when I was trying when I was a teenager trying to sneak into bars and find people that would allow me to work for him or whatever. Uh, Night Ranger was one of them. In Oklahoma City brought me on the bus. I was in my full cowboy gear. <laughs> Hey, I lost my driver's license. Can you guys get me anyway? Yeah, right. <laughs> I love it. But he put me to work. He, I got the string guitars that night. I watched Night Ranger at 15. But uh, Dirks is my oldest boy. He's 14, almost 15, uh, which blows my mind. That I mean, even my, it blows my mind that my, my baby, my youngest one, is almost a man. You know, he's, I'm, not, I'm 5'10. I'm not a huge dude. But Dirks is six three. Oh my goodness! Wow. wow. Willie, Willie's about five. <clears throat> he's about five eight. Yeah. And they said they're both going to be six three, six four, and Dirks already six three. And um, but Dirks, he it really in the beginning, you know, I I thought this kid's going to play music, and then I thought I can't force that on him. I'm not. I'm just going to like I got to pull the reins back because. I know how my life was as a kid growing up with ranch people and cow cowboy folk, you know, and they were trying to get me to ride horses and all that. And I wouldn't have any part of it for one reason. I didn't want to do it, but the other reason was they were telling me to do it. Sure. And I'm, you know, most musicians are, they don't want to be told what to do. They want it their way, you know, and you want to, it's not a, a bratty thing. It's just, it's just non-authority. And to a certain degree, you know, and that's where, that's where I was. And, you know, with Dirks, I knew exactly from the minute he was born, he was going to be a stubborn kid. Both of them are. And, um, so I didn't really push it on him. And then one day he started kind of messing around with a guitar and then Steve Miller came to town and that was my gateway with mm-hmm. Steve Miller. When I, you know, I mean, I, I grew up with Merle Haggard and Willie Nelson and then rock and roll seeped into my blood through my oldest sister who's about 12 years older than me and um when steve miller came into my ears i i i couldn't get rid of it i mean it was just the best thing ever you know and i love the guitar and started learning how to play a little bit lead so i took my kids to see steve miller and it it history repeated itself in my on in my family and i um the next thing i know we're going to see steve miller three or four times (laughs) right all through Texas and then a couple other things popped up. And so then it was full on. I mean, Dirks dove into the guitar. We started looking for teachers in town because he was, he didn't really want to learn from me. He didn't say that, but I could tell. Sure. And, uh, and I, and I didn't, I didn't take offense to it because I knew, I, I knew exactly. I didn't want my dad to teach me anything either at a certain age, you know, and now I'm learning everything. From exactly. Yeah. What, what a good point. But he um, he dove into it and started learning on his own, and then he kind of got stuck, and I started looking for uh, teachers around New Braunfels. I found one that was pretty awesome. Um, the music store here in town, 
there was uh, three no shows, three in a row. Um, just they just didn't show up for his lesson. So that's when my wife and I said, "Why don't we just open up a school of rock?" Yeah, so we don't have to worry about this, you know. And and we'd heard other people say that you know their their lessons were canceled or their lessons were a no show. And how Shannon and I are, you know, not not bragging or anything, but we're people of our word. And we knew that if we opened up one, uh, we would never cancel on somebody. Sure. That's where all that really kind of started. And then the, the next thing I know, um, Steve Miller leads to Slipknot, which <laughs> I was quite ready for. And um, then, you know, the next thing I know, I'm in the front row of a Slipknot concert. <laughs> My six foot tall child in front of me, I'm holding the barrier like this, looking around this. I just wish somebody would say something else. <laughs> and uh, this guy standing next to me who had got, tried to get in several fights, you know, just because, I don't know. As my kids say, he was a, he's a Kyle. Kyle is equal to a Karen, I guess. Yeah, now. there's a, uh, there's a whole scale now. Of uh, these Karens and Kyles and Debras and uh, yeah, I, I, you know, and then you've got the Chad thing. I, I I'm gonna have my 14 uh, year old draw it out for me at some point, just because I'm I'm There's real never confused. a Jarrett, Gary, or a Cody that's in a negative. Way. No, only hope not. <laughs> I hope we're on the hope we're on the peace loving side. <laughs> me too. But you know, they I, I went on tour for about five weeks a couple of years ago, and uh, I have this. PRS uh, baritone. Oh yeah, and uh, I, I use it every night. I don't have a backup plan. And um, Dirk said, "Can I borrow that?" It's like, well, I mean, it's only a couple of songs. I can leave those songs out, or I can transpose to a guitar, or whatever. Yeah, if you want to play it. And I come home from that run, and he learned the entire Slipknot catalog and the entire Corn catalog. And guess whose guitar it is now? Yeah, no, it's no longer, it's no longer yours now. <laughs> but I, you're, you're in the market for a new guitar now. <laughs> yeah, and that's when I knew, you know, that these kids are serious about it. You know, and I have, I have more instruments and drum kits in my house than I have furniture. You know, and it's it's so amazing to to watch them do it on their own. Playing with me is a different thing. You know, sure. playing my they've been hearing it all the time. To watch them go out with their bands and do it themselves it just it's so fulfilling and just so just so proud you know just i know i know how my dad felt yeah yeah i i can only imagine i mean i you know again i i'm jealous of the uh of them being able to jam with you and and but you know we all get that feeling of being able to watch our kids shine and something that that we tried and you know my kid for jack it was sports and uh for emma it was being a dancer um mm -hmm. You know, and now, now Gary's little guy is kind of trying to teeter totter between drums and sports, and and that. So he's he's just on the cusp of feeling all that because he's nine. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know the the I think it's got to be really good for those kids at the school of rock. Um, you know, and your kids just to have your perspective on things too. I mean, because let's face it, you know, you've gone out and done it. So you know, for them to be able to go, and what's great is. Is, is, you know, like when we were kids, somebody would come into town or whatever, and they would lecture us on something at school or whatever, and we'd just take their word for it. Well, now, these kids, you can tell them, well, I played Willie Nelson's birthday party or whatever. They can go Google that shit, and it's right there. And they can go, dude, the guy that teaches me guitar played at 
Willie Nelson's birthday party, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, and so there's, there's validity to it so that it's got to just mean so much to them. So kudos to you guys for, for, such, a, for such a cool thing. And there's just got to be something in your heart that you're getting out of it. You know, do you guys do showcases and things like that where you get to see them all go play and things, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, we, do, we have seasonal shows. You know, we'll do Southern Rock, and um, Southern Rock was one. The very first one we had was uh, British Invasion. And then we did 90s, which was just, I was glued to every <laughs> note every yeah. kid played when it came to the 90s rock, you know. Yeah. And then we have the big list of songs, you know, and they get to choose. And I was like, well, I get to choose like 10 of these guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's well, a little they, selfishness well, in this whole thing, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we do stuff like that. And, you know, I'll tell you, a turning point for me was about, oh, about a year ago. Um, because, the you know, I'll take, I have a 63 sonar wood grain that I take on the road with me for, for Willie to play. It's, it, it's actually about to go into the, we're building the studio finally after 20 years. It's going to go in there. But I take it on the road with me, and, and he, Waldo is my drummer, Eric. Uh, but he'll sit, and, sit next to Waldo. And play note for note, and then Waldo will kind of let him do his thing. And then Dirks, you know, he he's the kids. He's not fourteen years old to me. I mean, he plays he plays better than I've had three guitar players stand beside me until I decided I was going to do a three piece. Right. And Dirks is better. Yeah, than all of them. I mean, he for one thing, he has the eye contact. You know, he'll look at me like, okay, now it's time for me to step back and not, you know, play as loud. And I've never had anybody in my band do that. And he, uh, star players, but (laughs) the turning point for me was there's a place in town called the Phoenix saloon that lets all these, um, all the, all these kids from our school come jam and do a, it used to be an open mic night on Wednesdays for the the city. And now I really feel like it's just an open mic night for the kids. Cause we, I mean, there'd be two or three regular in there. And then there's 12 kids waiting in line. Which is great, and all the the regulars love it, and the local musicians love it. But there was one night they had a full band up there, and um, one of my instructors said, "I heard the Canadas are here." And he goes, "Hey, you want to get up and just play acoustic, or do you want to play with the band?" It's like, "Well, I don't have a band." And Willie looked at me, and he goes, uh, "Yeah, you do." <laughs> I mean, this is just the three of us. Yeah. And the bass player had said <clears throat> of the of the band on stage, he goes. Man, I can cover you guys. Yeah. All right. So I'm nervous. <laughs> and I think, does the kid, can the kid do it? Yeah. And he got up there and kicked its ass. And we ended up playing like four more songs, oh, you know? Oh, man. And I just looked at him and be like, uh, you know, some random Tom Petty song or one of my songs. And then he looked at me and said, can we play Pearl Jam? I'm like, hell yeah, we can play Pearl Jam. So, you know, the next thing I know, we're on stage for 40 minutes. <laughs> Which is what that happens, is awesome. you know. That is amazing, man. That is absolutely so cool. And awesome. I hope, I hope one day, you know, I mean, somebody asked me one night, "Are you ever going to bring them on the road with you permanently?" And I was like, "Well, one day." Yeah. I kind of feel like one day they're going to be the band. Yeah, I mean, it seems like that. Now, what? Just a couple of more, because I know you've got to take apart a playhouse, I believe. Um, <laughs> yeah, and- I would be crying in the backyard as I disassemble my children's childhood (laughs) just we'll get into that next time uh but there you i think you know you guys you know your wife is your manager and when you guys have kids if i'm not 
I think I'm right in saying that, you know, that's when she kind of stopped touring with you and stayed home to kind of give the kids just a normal existence. So they don't actually go on the road with you. Um, so do they go to regular school when we have it? <laughs> we started, uh, and you're right, uh, Shannon and I were on the road together for seven and a half years. Uh, we only dated for three months and we got married and we just kind of knew it. And the, now here we are looking down the barrel 22 years. Wow, congratulations. I thank you. And um, she got off the road and it was pretty hard for us. Mm -hmm. You know, we'd been together. I mean, we're best pals, you know, we fight like best pals too. Yeah. And we, we make up like best pals, you know, and we, uh, but she was on the road for seven and a half years with me and did everything from, you know, stuffing envelopes in 1990. Eight stuffing envelopes to send to bars to looking over our shoulder, signing a record deal because she got us there, you know, and then giving the reins over to another manager and co-managing with somebody because we needed somebody on the ground in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And now we're back to where we started, which is exactly how I wanted it to be, to be honest. I mean, now we're running the show ourselves. And uh, I'm sorry, I, I, I branch out. I'm sorry, I get I get rambling no uh, we love it we love it that's us too but she um when she came home you know and uh got the house ready for kids and we knew that we knew we weren't going to stop with one uh we were pretty sure we were going to stop with stop with two because she's a she there's three sibling there's three o'neill girls and there's three canada kids i have two sisters and we knew that we didn't want any of those kids to be the middle <laughs> right <laughs> yeah and uh so they were on, they every now and then will be on the road with us. But now since it's a, a three piece and my kids are homeschooled, they've been homeschooled for a couple of years. There was, uh, I, I hope, hopefully it's all behind us, but you know, it's like every couple of months there was a school shooting. Right. And hopefully all that's behind us now because, you know, things keep getting a little more shittier. <laughs> hopefully hopefully everything clears up before long. I would like, like the dream, but, um, we started homeschooling because I was sitting in the parking lot of our school. Um, I don't know, five hours a day, just waiting and watching the doors. Like, you know, I'm not even getting paid for this. Not nothing's about money to me, but I'm sitting here watching the door of the school. Right. And, um, it, it was a, a private school and not, not to turn it dark, but the, the person that shot up the Southland, Texas, church a few years ago went to that school wow and there were warning signs there were flags everywhere but nobody did anything about it right. and so that's when and then santa fe texas happened and that's where my best friend lives and his son was not directly involved but he was in the evacuation helped the girl with a, a bullet in her leg oh, you know oh my god and that was it. It was like it, it, i told my wife i said it's not going to be if i've been saying for years it's going to be in our our backyard before we know it and the next thing we know my best friend's kid involved and i said we're done yeah we have to be done i don't know what we're gonna do but we have to be done we have to do something so we started homeschooling and willie my youngest who takes a sweet time and wants everything to be perfect was falling behind he's straight a's but there's a lot of times the teachers would say well we have to move mm -hmm. on right and and that's when we said well you guys are moving on but he's still sitting here thinking did i do that right with no answers he just got a grade but no answer yeah. And, and we just yanked them from school. I yanked them that day. I went in and told the principal, I said, you going to do something about these kids that are threatening in our school? And he said, well, we can pray for them. I was like, Hey, I'll pray all day long, but 
there's also a point where you have to be an authority and and, and straighten a kid's ass out. Mm. You know, a kid threatens to shoot the school up, which we had a threat. And I said, you go down there and you pull that kid out and you bring his parents in and we talk about this. And he goes, well, we don't do that around here. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to get my kids and we're getting out of here and good luck. Man. (laughs) Because, you know, I just, I don't have any room for that. I'm a very peaceful person. But when my kids are involved and I have to sit in the parking lot and watch the door all day long, it's like something ain't right here. Yeah. Totally understand. You got you go into protective mode, and you know you got to do what you got to do. I mean, but it's going to be interesting after this uh, to see you know how many people stay and homeschool after this. You know, we're given the choice up here whether we send them back or not. Gary and I are making our decisions with our wives, and and uh, pretty much have decided. I think, uh, but you know, a lot of people going to stay out, and the homeschool thing is going to be more of a thing. Um, I, think, I think it's a good option. I, I think it. Um... You know, we have a homeschool teacher. Obviously, we can't do it because I'm, I'm not even, I didn't even graduate high school. My wife is a, a brainiac, and I think that's why it works so much. But, <laughs> but you know, we have a homeschool teacher that, that does it, and she's one of our students' moms and uh, two of our students, and um, it just works. That's you great. Know? Yeah. She's sweet. She's kind, and she comes to, she hangs out with us, and she comes to the shows, and her husband's a musician. And Willie and Dirks feel comfortable there, mm. and they can get an entire day work worth of homework of schoolwork done within two hours. Right. And, and Dirks is already a grade and a half ahead, and Willie's a grade ahead. That's so awesome. The answer the, the long way around the question is yes, they will be on the road with me pretty soon. <laughs> I love it. I love we'll be- it. Living on the living on a bus. I love it. Hey, what do you? Uh, why don't you plug something for us? Uh, what What do you? Where Where can people check you out? What's going on with Cody Canada? I know none of us are playing shows. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be anywhere for the next. <laughs> Listen, guys. Uh, I'm going to. I, I do Wednesday night shows on Facebook. I was doing like two or three, sometimes four hour request things, and then. Once it got into like week six or seven, yeah, I thought I need to change this up. So I started doing just a random night sitting on the porch doing just from my phone, just requests on Facebook. Um, but my Wednesday night shows, and uh, which is weird to call a Facebook live a show, but that's where we're at. My Wednesday night shows are um, I have guests every other week and I've got a pile of them backed up and and hopefully I get to all of them, but I also hope that I don't. Right. <laughs> I hope we get back on the road. Yeah. Uh, but I do Wednesday nights and tonight I have a, uh, one of my old friends named Scott Evans. He was in a show, a band called medicine show from Stillwater in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, and he wrote so many songs that, that Stoney LaRue and I have covered and, uh, People have thought for years were my songs, and I tell them all the time, and they still don't hear it. But tonight, I get to to show off my Oki blood and let them know uh, how badass this dude is. His name's Scott Evans. But I do that on 8, 8.30 on Wednesday nights, mm-hmm. uh, Facebook Live. Uh, the Instagram format, I have no idea I, how that works, but I know somehow my wife. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my kids make fun of me because we were at, at an airport. Remember airports? Uh, vaguely. <laughs> Okay, so we walk in, 
and you pay about a hundred dollars for a muffin and a cup of coffee, then you get on an airplane. Sounds right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I remember now. I remember. Well, I, I'm a, I hate flying scared of it. And uh, so I have to have a couple of glasses of wine before getting on a plane. And then the kids were, the kids will never, ever let, let me live this down. I told them that uh, Instagram and me will never get along because there's a generational gap. And they laughed. <laughs> they think that's the funniest shit they ever heard in their life. <laughs> it's like, I'm not old. I'm the cool guy. Right. Like, You're cool. <laughs> but, um, yep. Yeah, Wednesday nights, 830. Cool. And uh, usually about every day I check in to see how everybody's doing. Uh, oh, I tell you, <clears throat> Mondays. We've been doing this since April the 8th, uh, which is Merle Haggard's birthday. Mm -hmm. We've been doing Mondays called Sequestered Songwriters. Uh, we started with Merle Haggard's birthday, and it's uh, now we're up to about 45 songwriters, musicians that are paying tribute. Um, the second one was John Prime because we lost him, and then the next Monday was 420, so we did Willie Nelson. And then we did George Strait, and then we did Dolly Parton. So there's like all these people. I had to learn nine to five, which was pretty fun. Right. Uh, yesterday was, uh, or last week was Aretha Franklin. Yesterday was Randy Travis. And it was amazing. At the very end of the show, Cody Jinks was singing a Randy Travis song. And then the camera panned over. And there's Randy Travis sitting on Cody Jinks' couch. Oh, man. You yeah. know, he. He's he's gone through some medical things in the yeah. last few years, so he's not a hundred percent the same as he used to be. But he gave everybody a, a big old thumb up, thumbs up, and just made us feel yeah worth yeah. it. But sequestered songwriters Facebook page on Mondays, you can go there and look at the last two and a half months that we've done uh, from everybody from George Strait to Merle Haggard to aretha franklin so that's all i got going awesome well dude get go take apart that playhouse thank you for making time for us uh we'll check back yeah. in we'll check back in down the road uh and um and uh check in on the uh on the canada family band i love the fact that you do this for, for rock star dads yeah man you know it all started in a swimming pool me and gary just talking about what we always talk about it was always our kids and i'm like this is a podcast and nobody does it, you know, like nobody yeah. sits and just talks about their kids. And so, um, yeah, man, we thank you for being a part of it and I'll send the link to your wife so she can share it on Instagram. All right. Thank you. Gary, <laughs> I didn't get a chance to talk to you very much, buddy. It's good to see you. Hey man, I enjoyed, enjoyed listening. Good to see you. And we'll see you down the road. Y'all have a good, y'all have a good day. And thank you very much. See you, Cody. See you, buddy. This is a song for my friends, Jared and Gary. Started a podcast and said a theme was necessary. They're just a couple of guys in a band that you know. Some rock star dads who started a show. Until the next episode.